right here. <laughs> good to be here today. Good to see each one of you. And uh, I realize that it's uh, spring, ba- it's spring break, and uh, it's all also a change of uh, time. And uh, you tend to lose a lot of people when you move up your time. And uh, then it's spring break all at the same time. You have a tendency to lose more people. But uh, hopefully we'll... Uh, We'll pray for them safety in their travels, but we're glad that you're here uh, this morning and able to be here and to participate in the Lord's uh, worship service, and I trust that it will be a time of worship and praise, and uh, we do need to remember those that have expressed special interest in our uh, prayers uh, also, and uh, I know what it means to fall down, hurt yourself, and when we get older, we tend to fall more often than what we... uh, uh, used to, and uh, and it hurts longer, and uh, <laughs> we need to remember them, uh, Johnny and Bill, in our prayers. Now, uh, Gladys didn't fall, did she? Just uh, breathing problem, respiratory problems. Okay. Open your Bibles, if you will, to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. Now, Sister Rachel told me last week that I need to extend my messages about 30 minutes so she would have time to get through her lesson. So I don't know how you would feel about that, but uh, I'm going to, Lord allows, I'm going to be in the, the book of Philippians for a while. Uh, but I want you to think about this subject this morning. Thanks for the memories. Thanks for the memories. Philippians chapter 1, I want to read verses 1 through 3 of Philippians chapter 1. Paul and Timothy, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus. Those three words are very important. And that word in is very important. Isn't it exciting to know that we are in Christ Jesus? There's a lot of words that describe our salvation, and, uh, and we talked about some of them this morning, but the most important word that you will find in the Bible is when it says in Christ Jesus, because I'm so very thankful and grateful that I'm in Christ Jesus. To all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you and we praise you In the holy name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we thank you for all the blessings that we enjoy through your hand and because of your love for us. And many times, in spite of each and every one of us, you continue to love us and provide our every needs according to your riches and glory. I pray that you might bless those that are out because of sickness Those that are out that may be traveling on the highway, give them safety in their travel. And I pray for healing for the the bodies of those that are sick and afflicted. 
I pray, Father, that you might give the doctors wisdom, that you might give them direction in every decision that they make concerning each one. We thank you for those that are here today. We ask you to add your blessings to their life. May you supply their needs according to your riches and glory. And, Father, may if there's one here that's never trusted you as Savior of their soul, we pray for the salvation of their soul. And maybe there's just those here that need to make a commitment, a fresh commitment to you. And we pray that your will might be done in each one of their lives. We thank you and we praise you in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. An older couple had trouble remembering common day-to-day things. So they decided that they would write down every request that one of them had to try to avoid the problem of forgetting. I know none of y'all have that problem. I understand that. But one evening, the wife asked the husband, would you like anything? He replied, yes. I'd like a large ice cream sundae with chocolate ice cream, whipped cream, and cherry on top. The wife started off for the kitchen, and the husband shouted after her, Aren't you going to write it down? Don't be silly, she hollered back. I'm going to fix it right now. I won't forget. She was gone for quite some time. When she finally returned, she set down in front of him a large plate of hash browns, eggs, bacon, glass of orange juice. He took a look and said, I know you should have written it down. You forgot the toast. (laughs) Memory is an amazing thing. It allows you to recall events that occurred moments ago and years ago. It allows you to remember people who have passed on into eternity. It allows you to remember love, blessings, joy, excitement, and wonder. Memory is an amazing gift given to each and every one of us by a holy and righteous God. There are times when memory fails you. Disease causes us to lose our memory sometimes. Age. And time all seems to delete, delete the memory. I remember events from years ago, and sometimes I wonder if I remember them correctly. There may come a day when memory will fail me altogether. In this passage of Scripture, Paul is dealing with the issue of memory. He gives voice to some things he remembers about these people. But by the time Philippians is written, memories is all about about all that Apostle Paul has. He is in Roman prison awaiting his execution. As Paul puts his thoughts on paper, in this book, he goes back to his relationship 
with these very special people, very special to him. I want to consider the memories Apostle Paul mentions because his memories have much to teach us about our own memories today. Paul's memories have so much to teach us today when we think about it. But I want us to examine Paul's memories today. And as I try to preach on thanks for the memories, I want you to remember also how quickly we forget those special things that has happened to us in our life. And sometimes we just need to be reminded of the wonderful things that's revealed to us in the scripture. He has memories of the past. Memories of the past of a common salvation. Look in verse 1. Apostle Paul addresses this letter to the saints in Christ Jesus. And when you read this book, you'll find that some 40 times the name Christ Jesus is mentioned in this, this book. But in verse 2, Apostle Paul mentions God, our Father. In verse 5, Paul speaks about their fellowship in the gospel. He calls them brethren eight times. Now listen, folks, as Paul writes to the fellow saints in Philippi, he recalls their common past. He remembers his own salvation experience. When you look in Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 9, very common experience that all of us knows about on his road to Damascus to destroy all those that are of that way, the way of Christ Jesus. That's when Christ got his undivided attention and he trusted Jesus Christ as Savior of his soul. He remembers his own salvation experience and he reminds them about that. But he also remembers the events that first led him to Philippi. If you look in Acts chapter 16, he was on his way to Asia, and the Spirit of the Lord said, no, you can't do that. Then Apostle Paul said, well, we'll go here. But then the Spirit of God said, no. And if you, if you remember that there was a vision that God gave Apostle Paul in Acts chapter, uh, in Acts, Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 12, and there was a vision as a man standing there said, come over to Macedonia. Come over to Macedonia. He remembers the pe- people that was first saved at the church at Philippi or at, uh, in, in Macedonia. And he remembers them as well. Y'all remember Lydia? He was the first one that they uh, come in contact as they went down to the river. And she was meeting with some other ladies praying. So that's the first convert that trusted Jesus Christ as her uh, personal Savior. And uh, she invited after she was saved... And she asked them, if you have found me faithful, then come to my house. She invited them to her, uh, her house. But also when you look in Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 18, you find a demon-possessed 
girl that was also saved by the grace of God under the same uh, condition. She was following Apostle Paul and Silas and carrying on. And what she was saying really wasn't wrong, but she was possessed of the devil. And what she would say in the future, Apostle Paul and Silas didn't know. So he just demanded and commanded the demon to completely come out of her altogether. And that got him in trouble because there was a couple of men that was making a fortune off of her doing that. And so they wind up getting beat and uh, thrown in jail. But that was a good thing. Not that they got beated, but it was a good thing that they got through and through in jail because there was a a Philippine jailer there that needed Christ. And uh, Lord knows, I don't know how many others may have received it, but it just emphasizes the fact that this Philippine jailer in uh, Acts chapter 16, verses 19 and 32 was saved by the, uh, uh, by the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Y'all remember the earthquake that, uh, that come and opened all the, uh, all the doors? And, and the prisoners didn't leave. The prisoners didn't leave. And uh, we also have to think that maybe this earthquake got some other people's attention also that commanded them to be in, uh, be in jail. But the Philippian jailer come down. What was the question that they asked him? Very simple question. said, what must I do? To be saved. Listen, folks, that is the most important question you will ever ask anybody in, in this world, and the most important question you could ever ask anybody what must I do to be saved? Now, they didn't complicate things, folks. All they said was, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. They tried to make it very simple. And after that particular time, then. Uh, he took them into their home, and a uh, number of people were saved because of the testimony of Apostle Paul and uh, Silas and this Philippian uh, uh, jailer. There was more people saved there than what uh, uh, than just a Philippian jailer because it said his household. Now, we don't know if that uh, was slaves or just his family. We don't know how many people were. We don't know if he invited all the people that was in jail home home with him that day. We don't, we don't know. But we know an experience. Exciting thing happened because those uh, 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 rulers that decided to beat Apostle Paul and Silas, all of a sudden they changed their mind because I believe that they heard about that earthquake that shook the foundations of the jail and all the prisoners stayed, and then they come back and decided to release Apostle Paul and uh, uh, Silas. And listen, folks, I want us to remember our salvation experience and all the saved and godly people the Lord has placed in your life. Have you ever thought about that? All the saved, godly people that God placed in your life that has made a difference in your life, where would you be without them? Have you ever thought about that? Where would you be without the godly people, the saved people that God placed in your life? Sometimes I think we just need to look around right now and consider the saved people that God has surrounded you with, even in this church. It's an amazing thing, folks. I don't even like to think about where I would be without the shed blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Somebody cared enough about me to tell me about Jesus. Remember that the redeemed... We all share a common salvation. And that's through the shed blood 
of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He has memories of the past, and those memories are precious to Apostle Paul, and that's why he's writing, one of the reasons that he's writing this book, a common salvation. But I want you to notice something else in verse 1 also, a common service. Apostle Paul refers to himself as a servant. The word translated servant means a slave. Apostle Paul was more than just a slave. He was a bond slave. He was a willing participant to be a slave of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It refers to one who is owned by a master. And I'm glad and I'm thankful today that I'm owned by a master. And I am a slave to the Lord Jesus Christ. I just wished I could be half the person, a third of the person that Apostle Paul was in his personal life. But that's exactly what the redeemed are. Now, I want you to notice, if you will, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, the very important scriptures. And I want to read verses 19 and uh, 20 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Listen to what we have here. What? Know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Listen, folks. We've been bought and paid for by the shed blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are the slaves of Jesus Christ. Paul mentions those who are his true, true yoke fellow and those who labor with him in the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This church, the church at Philippi, supported him, labored with him, helped him as he carried out the Lord's will in his life. And it won't be long as the Lord guides and directs. Hopefully you'll have a pastor and you want to labor with him and you want to help him as he carries out the Lord's will in his life and helps you carry out the Lord's will in your life also. We also need to remember those who have labored with us over the years. Can you remember those that labored with you over the years? Those Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Sunday, Wednesday, week after week, they labored with you in the cause of Christ. Carry on the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Think of all the saints of God who have prayed for you, supported you, stood by you, and encouraged you as you serve our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The prayer warriors and those who have blessed my life by their love, care, and support. And folks, that's what Apostle Paul was writing about, the care and the love and support that of this church for, uh, for him. And folks, we need that. 
We need prayer warriors. We need prayer warriors that's praying for each and every one of us. We need prayer warriors that's praying for this church. We need prayer warriors that are praying for our families. We need prayer warriors that's praying for our teenagers and our children, our husbands and, and wives, that they might be the individuals that God intends for them. We need prayer warriors, folks, in the churches of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a good thing to look back at the blessings of the past and remember. He has memories of the past, a common salvation, a common service. But he also has memories of the present. Sometimes my memory is not even too good for that. I go in the garage, and I'm sure this has never happened to y'all. I say, why am I here? I go outside to the shed, and what did I come out here after? I went to HEB's yesterday, and the last thing my wife told me, be sure and get a couple of bottles of this. Well, when I got in HEB's, I walked all over. I said, what did she tell me to get? What did she tell me to get? Never did remember. I finally had to call her. Hated to do that. He has memories of the present. He remembered an uncommon love. There was a special bond between Paul and the Philippian Christians. I want you to look, if you will, Philippians chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in defense and confirmation of the gospel, You all are partakers of my grace. For God is my record. How greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. What a love he had for this people. What a love that he had for this church. And he wanted them to remember remember that. Then I want you to look in Philippians 4 and 1 also. Therefore, my brethren... Dearly beloved and longed for. Now understand, folks, when he was writing this book, he was a Roman prisoner. He was in prison in Rome, awaiting execution, which they would execute him. He said, therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and my crowns, so stand fast in the Lord, my, dear, my dearly beloved. Stand fast in the Lord. And folks, that same recommendation is what God is encouraging us to do as well. Stand fast in the Lord and he'll take care of things. These people are dear to Apostle Paul's heart. They share a love. That is not found in the world. This kind of love that I'm talking about. This kind of love that Apostle Paul had for the Philippian brethren. You just don't find it in the world. It's not there. Listen folks. They share a Christ-like spiritual love that transcends all things. If you look in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 
And I'd like to read that, if you will, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Though I speak with tongues of men and angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass and are a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove, remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long, and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity avaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly, Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Rejoice not in iniquity, but rejoice in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Then when you look in verse 13, Now by the faith, hope, and charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Love, folks. Love for our sisters and brothers in Christ. That is the kind of love that should mark the people of God those that's been washed in the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There are so many scriptures that I could read to you this morning that encourages God people to love one another, They encourage God people to care about one another. Listen to what it says in John 13 and 35. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you have love one to another. If you have love one to another. And when you look in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40, Jesus talking about love. Love the Lord God. What is the two greatest commandments? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Then love thy neighbor as thyself. All the laws. All the laws, when you obey those two commandments, are wrapped up in the laws. Those who are truly saved love those who are saved. Then I want you to look, if you will, in 1 John. Open your Bibles there. 1 John chapter 2, verses 5 and verse 10. But whosoever, whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God, perfected, Hereby know we that we are in him. Then look in verse 10. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light. And there is none occasion of stumbling in him. Then I want you to look over with me in chapter 4 of 1 John. Verses 20 and 21. Listen to this. If a man say, I love God. See that? And hateth his brother. He is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen. How can he love God. 
whom he hath not seen. And this commandment have we from him, that he, he who loveth God love his brother also. Thank God for his unexplainable, undeniable love that he places in the hearts of all of his people. Thank God for that love of others for me. Thank God for that love in me for others. This world does not possess the same kind of love that believers possess. For the people of God, love is all about what we share in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you folks. Love is a precious thing. I want you to notice something else also. Love is about him and what he has done in our lives. He remembers an uncommon love. He remembers an uncommon labor. As Apostle Paul thinks about these special people, he reflects on the way they have served, blessed, and helped him. He remembered the labor of these precious people. Look what they had done for him. They prayed for him. Isn't that excited? Isn't it needful for God's people to pray for each other? Prayer time is so very important in our own individual lives that we pray for each other. He remembered the labor of these precious people. And look what they had done for him. They prayed for him. But they also sent Ephraim to minister to Apostle Paul in prison. And while he was there, if you look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 25 through 30, Ephraim there ministering to Apostle Paul, and he had to leave the church at Philippi, and they missed him. But while he was there with Apostle Paul, he almost died. And Apostle Paul said, I thank God, because that would have added burden upon burden on men as well as upon the church. But God spared him, and sparing him, he also spared me. God is good like that, isn't he? They had given sacrificially to support Apostle Paul's ministry. This is something other churches had not done. And folks, I praise you continually for your liberal support of missions. God help us never to quit supporting missions and all their mission, uh, the missionary efforts all over the world. This is something that other churches had not done. So Paul remembered all these things that they had done for him. And he was so grateful for what they had done. That same level of gratitude should fill the hearts of God's people. Where would we be without those who prayed for us? Where would people be? Brother Johnny and Brother Bill and Brother and Sister Gladys and, and Gail and Pat and so many others, folks, that this church and God's people prays for them. Where would they be without people praying for them on a daily basis? And we have that privilege. And that's what Apostle Paul is reminding the church at Philippi. Where would I have been without you sending Ephraim? Where would I have been without your prayers? Sometimes I think we need to ask us, that's ourselves that same question. I remember the ministry of those who witnessed to me and prayed for me 
to be saved. And that was a task, folks. I know you don't believe that, but that's it is. I'm ungrateful of the love, prayers, and supports, and patience shown to me by the people of God. I'm grateful to the people of God who endured so much of bad preaching and still enduring it today. And I guess you're one of those. (laughs) I am grateful to those who serve here. Thankful for all you do. I appreciate those who work with the children, the ladies, and the music ministry that you're blessed with. I appreciate those who clean the church and maintain these grounds. I appreciate those who work behind the scenes and doing things Others do not want to do. I appreciate our Sunday school teachers and appreciate those who give liberally from their tithes and offerings. I appreciate those who pray both publicly and privately. I appreciate those who labor. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for all that you do for the cause of Christ. The church is greater than any one person. The church needs everyone doing what they have been saved and called to do. Your church needs you. Just as Moses needed Aaron and her to hold up his hands for them to, the nation of Israel to win that particular battle, the church needs you if she is to be functioning properly. Just like Gideon needed the 300, Just like David needed his mighty men. Just like Jesus needed the 12 apostles. The church needs each and every one of you to be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. And to be faithful to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and to the cause of Christ. The church needs you. The church needs everyone. There's no certain one individual that the church, you say, the church needs. The church needs every one of you to be faithful. The church needs those that are not here today. The church needs for you to call and to contact them and let them know that they were missed. The church needs you. The Lord needs you and those that are hurt and afflicted for you to contact them and call them. The Lord needs you. And your faithfulness. And God bless you. Because of your faithfulness. To the cause of Christ. And God bless you. Because of your faithfulness to missionaries. And God bless you. Because of your faithfulness and love for one another. We have a great God. We have a great Savior. And he inviting those today. That may have never trusted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. He invites you to come today and trust Jesus as Savior of your soul. As we stand and we prepare this song of invitation. It's also exciting, brother, to know that God invites you. Maybe you that have been saved and washed in the blood of Jesus. He may be laying something on your heart that you've not done before. Maybe he's calling you to the ministry. Maybe he's calling you to be a teacher. Maybe he's just calling you to labor in other vineyards in this church. Be faithful to whatever God wants you to do and whatever he leads you to do. What do we say?